Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. My name is Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is Gone Boss? Well, Gone Boss is a weekly podcast where we will be featuring awesome women here in Muncie. Find out what makes them tick um, and what has made them Gone Boss. As most of you know, Angie grew up a little bit different than I did. Uh, I was your standard run-of-the-mill kid uh, from the 80s, 90s. Uh, But Angie, um, she was super Christian Angie back then. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) If you listened to our first podcast, first one, you probably got a little bit of history about that. And today I want to talk about a a particular object in your realm that uh, has come up in a few different stories um, that we've talked about, and that is the modesty cloth. Okay, the modesty cloth. Now, most people, I'm sure, have never heard of it. In fact, we went to lunch with three people today, and Matt brought it up, and they were like, We we, we got the deer in the headlights look like, what? about but like to people like me who grew up like that I think it's a common thing maybe it's just a common thing to my church or my circle that we were involved with but okay so you know Matt you know I grew up very holy roller like laying hands on each other speaking in tongues getting slain in the spirit that kind of thing which you're like slain in the spirit what is that yeah yeah that's a new one for, uh, I haven't heard you uh, say that too many times so what what's that mean yeah. well that means like you know all right so you know the TV preachers where they like lay a hand on somebody and go boom be healed, yeah, the, right? Benny, the guy Benny with, the, with the hair and oh, whatever, and all those kind of faith healer preachers and all that kind of stuff. So they put their hand on your forehead and then you fall over, right? Okay. In the Holy Ghost. Whatever. I've been slain at that You're point. You're slain in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, or whatever. Wow. So that's where that comes that's from. That's where that comes from. So uh, uh, now, now, your church uh, probably, I'm just going to guess, believed that uh, women, when they come to church, they should have dresses on. Am I right? Mostly. I mean,. They would let you have pants on and everything, but we went. There were some churches I went to that dresses were definitely, definitely had to have those and all that. And of course, of course, like Bible college when I went to college, Mm -hmm. um, we had to wear dresses every day, not even pantsuits or anything like that, and pantyhose. So, so tell me about the modesty cloth. So the modesty cloth comes into play in a charismatic church like I grew up in Mm -hmm. when you get prayed over and slain in the spirit so when you fall over and you're a lady and you're wearing a dress yeah. you don't want those pervy guys looking up your dresses or anything well they're christian men why would they why would they well, have they any might... impure thoughts uh, we'll get Still. into that in the other <laughs> thank you but either whether to protect yourself or yourself from creepy dudes or just an accidental we just Grazing. don't want to tempt. We don't want to tempt anyone. Okay. So we have these little cloths. They're like napkins, but like bigger. Big napkins. napkins. Big napkins. Um, there was a system. So when yes. it was time for prayer, and you go up there and you get laid, your hands laid on, there were the ushers who were the catchers. So they, they stood back behind you to make sure you didn't fall and like bust your head. So is that like two guys back here? Yeah. Okay. And they would catch you and then nicely, gently lay you down to the ground. Okay. And then there was a lady, and her job, she had the modesty clause, and her job was to come after when they laid you down, and she put this little cloth over your dress so no one could see up your skirt. Like down to your knees or whatever. Yeah. Just wherever, covers that whole area. Yeah, like wherever your skirt landed now i think if your like skirt went down to like your ankles you probably didn't need a modestly cloth true true but, <laughs> but anything, anything a little bit higher that um yeah she her job was to come and put the modesty cloth over so yeah so what what what's your story with modesty cloth did you ever have to wear one or? no because i never got slain in the spirit so because i i told god if he wanted me to fall over that was fine but he's gonna have to like knock me over 
and that never happened. Now, but it almost happened, didn't it? There uh, was one well, incident that you've told me about. Well, I, I'm not saying I did not get my hands laid upon me quite a bit, because we did, like, all of that. Um, when I went to Bible college, we yeah. are... It was run by, the Bible College was started and founded by a very prominent TV preacher. And his mom was also a very prominent TV preacher. And mm-hmm. she would come to our chapel. And we were like, oh no, Mama is coming. Like, and she likes to lay hands on people. And <laughs> you better fall over. Because if you don't, she's going to like bend your neck back so far that you're just going to like fall over. And that happened, didn't it? Oh, that happened. She pushed on me <laughs> very hard. And I was like, God, if you want me to fall over, I will. You just have to like knock me over. And it didn't happen. So I think I'm the, like one of the only people who did not like magically fall over when they got prayed for by Mom Parsley. But you had to go home and take some aspirin for that uh, nap. A little yeah. bit, yeah. So that's <laughs> all right, though. Didn't you use a modesty cloth to, to get out of a situation or something like that? Not to get out of a situation? No. Uh, so when I went to, we went to a church camp. Yeah. And it was a Bible church camp. We had Bible classes like morning, afternoon, and night or whatever. Like It was all Jesus was all the all time. all Jesus all the time. We got to ride horseback horses once once a day. Oh, that sounds like fun. Like, which was fun, but that was for like 45 minutes. And the rest was like all Jesus all the time. Uh, so for our afternoon... <laughs> that doesn't sound like much of a camp, by the way. But... Yeah, it was in the country. Okay. <laughs> it was a way... We slept there and we were away from our parents, so we thought it was pretty cool. Um, and we didn't know any better, so... Okay. Anyway, so... One of our Jesus classes, I don't remember what class it was about, but was in the sanctuary, the chapel of of the camp. Okay. Um, so it was like multi-purpose. Like in the evenings, we'd have our services there, and then during the day, we'd have a uh, class in there. Well, it was the sanctuary. So in mm-hmm. order to go into the sanctuary, you had to wear, girls had to wear dresses. Or okay. Skirts or whatever. So yeah, during, makes sense. For church camp, we had to pack two sets of clothes, like day fun clothes, like shorts that I could ride a horse in, and evening church clothes. Or whatever to oh, wow. to service. So yeah, but so in order to um, go in there, they wouldn't let you go in the chapel unless you had a skirt on. So we had to go. We were taking like a sign language class or something. Okay. And in order for the girls to go in, we had shorts on. We had to take the modesty cloths, put them on our laps, or like kind of make make, make a, a dress out of the modesty cloth. Yeah. A makeshift skirt so we could go into the sanctuary <laughs> to learn our Jesus sign language. So, wow, that's like a little, little over the, uh, over the little, top. A little over the top, yeah. Our guest today is Don Hines, uh, financial advisor at Edward Jones. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Matt? Doing wonderful. How's everything going in life? It's good. It's a new year. Ready to get it started. Awesome. Good. Any resolutions? Lots of them. Usually okay. the same ones as, as <laughs> year. before. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, very good. Tell us about your background. I don't know that much about you. So, uh, where'd you come from? Are you uh, a Munseyite or where, where'd you grow up at? So, a little of Munseyite and Yorktownite, I guess. So, I grew okay. up in Yorktown, graduated, went to Fall State. So, I lived um, in Yorktown um, for the majority of my um, youth and then um, was in Munsey for about uh, six or seven years. I did live in Kokomo and Marion a couple times and then back to Yorktown when we decided we were going to have kids a little later in life. Okay. So, Tell me about the kids and the, and the family. Like, What's the setup? So my immediate family is my husband 
Um, and we have a six and a seven year old. So, um, so you're busy. We are busy and <laughs> we're um, trying to navigate uh, being older parents or older ish parents. Um, so we don't really you're know not where that we old. fit you, sometimes. You look pretty young to me. But. Thanks. We um, feel you too, though, because well, we've got a five year old and we are on the older end yeah. of the Spectrum. I think it's so. becoming more normal, but um, I do yeah. too. Yeah, so. I think people are waiting to get married longer now. Uh, they're they're not doing it eighteen nineteen anymore, so which is good because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a wedding DJ on the on the side, and I'm starting to see that like people are waiting to get uh, married uh, uh, twenty five plus. Yeah, which I think is good, but yeah, we'll yeah. be in the same boat. But I think in Zuzu's class at least, um, several of Matt's. Um, Schoolmates also either oh, waited yeah. late in life or started over, kind of like we did. Mm-hmm. And so she'll have three or four parent kids who have also old parents like us. So that'll yeah. be good. <laughs> it seems like every family is different, and yes. having the kids in the school system now, like, you know, you say the word family, but every family is different. So um, we have a big extended family, so we still get together with second and third cousins and things like that. So lots of support. Nice. I bet it's not as big as Matt's extended family. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, uh, we we have pretty big there. Uh, How Christmas we just rented out the we rent out Monroe Central Elementary uh, Elementary their gym and their cafeteria. We and had a hundred and twenty seven or twenty nine. Uh, it's the final count is being debated, but yeah, okay. somewhere one hundred twenty nine people showed up. Uh, okay, you guys beat. Okay, so we're usually at like forty to fifty. Okay, so you, <laughs> yes. Matt's family beats everyone's family. Yeah. so so. Edward Jones, tell mm-hmm. me how long you've been with uh, that company. And So um, I started with Edward Jones about eight years ago um, as a financial advisor, and we started um, our office. Uh, Edward Jones is looking to expand as the population grows and, and needs of people to invest grows. Um, almost every city is growing offices. So one of the things that was the goal when I came on board was they wanted a new office opened um, from scratch. Okay. So um, I... Uh, started just um, putting my name out there telling people what I did um, and we eventually opened an office and now we have a successful office with um, it's it's gone great so we take good care of our clients and um, before that I worked in the mortgage industry for about eight 17 years or so wow. um, went to school for nursing um, then went back to school for my master's so kind of got this really weird I mean they say like people change careers like seven and eight mm-hmm. times now instead yeah. of you know like our parents only had one or maybe two job changes. So um, definitely um, I did nursing for a while, which helps me kind of relate to some people in the medical industry when we're doing financial planning for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I know enough to be dangerous Mm because I don't remember a whole lot about the nursing industry, but, um, and mortgages was really interesting. Um, Went through 2006, 2007 in that. um, Oh, you went through the bubble. Yeah, I did. Um, Oh my gosh. um, I think we were all blindsided a little bit. What what was that like though? You're, You're sitting around and... So we... I felt like we were all doing the right thing. Um, we mm-hmm. didn't feel like we were doing anything wrong. And then you look back and you think the regulations should have been tighter. Yeah. And um, could have been tighter to prevent some of it. But um, then when they tightened up, nobody liked that e- either. Yeah. Everybody's bought a house recently. You know, you think, oh, you know, this. they want so much documentation. Well, they, yeah. they are asking for it because of what we went through before. Right. Um, so then I moved over to um, Edward Jones as a financial advisor, um, finished my master's degree. And, and um, so now instead of getting people into debt, I try to keep people out of debt and uh, help them plan for retirement and their kids' education and, and how you transfer wealth from one family member to another and just kind of looking at everyone as a whole. Nice. Very good. Who's your ideal client right now for for that? 
So that's a really hard question okay. because you would, you <laughs> would anybody, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but you typically, um, or I typically, it's not an age thing for me. Um, it's not a, well, I want a 55-year-old or I want a 65-year-old or a 20-year-old. It's someone that wants advice. Okay. Um, somebody that doesn't want to do it alone. I mean, we can all change our own oil, but frankly, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not very good at it. So it's somebody that wants advice, that wants a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't just want to you know, stick money in an account once a year. You want a plan and what's that going to do for you? Because mm-hmm. dollars on a daily basis don't feel like much, but if you look at what it can do for you later. So, and for me, the biggest joy that I get is seeing families um, make plans and then feel like they've accomplished moving forward with their financial health. What organizations are you uh, affiliated with? So uh, one of my, as I have gotten older or more mature or something, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's been to limit things. So I have in the past um, been on the board of the Salvation Army. I've uh, been affiliated with CASA. I've worked with A Better Way. Um, but now I've kind of gotten to the point where I realize that my kids mm. and my immediate family are extremely important. And although I feel this need to reach out and help organizations, I also have to take care of home first. Mm -hmm. And so um, Women in Business has been my um, primary organization this year. Um, I just stepped down as president there. And so I turned that over to Kendra. And Angie knows all about those. Yeah, um, you're past president. She's the immediate past president. Yeah. Yeah. So um, besides that, I um, have just really been um, helping at work. Um, One of the things that Edward Jones is we're expected to volunteer at work. Um, whether it's mentoring younger financial advisors um, or helping with uh, get-togethers or you just really there's a lot of volunteerism so it's almost an organization in itself outside of work. You know what's something that uh, you wish you would have known when you when you first started out? One thing I'm still learning is that time is the most valuable thing I have and especially dealing with money on a daily basis. And clients that some have money, some don't, some wish they had less, some wish they had more. It probably wasn't a good term on the less, but... Um, could, could, I be, less? could I be introduced to those who <laughs> just have more, more to give less. than they... Yeah, yeah. They know what that'd, to be do great. that'd be great. So no matter what the money situation is, everyone always feels like there's not enough time. And so I'm trying to learn from my clients and from my friends and from my family that... Um, I wish I would have valued my time more. And I mean that even when I was in high school, college, right out of college, I wish I would have realized how valuable the way I spend my time is. Because you can let your heart get wrapped up in things that um, maybe you needed to step back instead of always saying yes, mm-hmm. or instead of letting your heart drive where you're going all the time, is sometimes just take a step back and say, is this really fit into how much time I have in the day? I'm um, usually an optimist, so I always think, oh, I can get all that done. I, I'll just get up at 3 o'clock in the morning instead of whatever, or I'll, I'll figure it out. And you can't. At right. some point, you come to this realization that you, they laugh with me at work that um, Melissa will say, take your cape off. And it's a good reminder, like, I can't be superwoman. None mm-hmm. of us can, but we all think we can, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, so time is probably the thing I wish I would have thought about more. Now, other than time, um, are there any other hurdles that you've had to overcome personally um, in your career or, or family or whatever? So being in women's groups and being a female at work, I've always been in a male-dominated 
world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I never saw myself as gender, like I never saw myself as a female versus a male. It just, we were all together working and doing the same job. But when you have kids in the mix, there is a differentiation between what I am expected to do on a daily basis and what my husband picks up. And so one of the hurdles I think for the majority of of working women, I would say, is how do you juggle all those things Mm -hmm. that are very stereotypically your responsibility Um, and whether it's your husband feeling like it's your responsibility or your in-laws feeling like it's your responsibility or your own parents or your kids or teachers at school or whatever, there's still an underlying stereotype on what we have to get done on a daily basis. Um, and so I know men feel struggles on their side, but I don't know what those are. I mean, I can only speak for myself. So again, going back to time and saying, if I have to take care of a household, there's only so much time in the day to do work, household, organizations, Mm -hmm. be good to the community, have animals, take care of your family. There's just only so much time in the day. And so you've got to prioritize it. Yeah. And you're not going to be good at everything and you're not going to get it all done. Right. So if the toilet doesn't get cleaned, it might wake me up in the middle of the night, (laughs) but you have to just turn it off and say, I just can't do it all. There's laundry in my dryer right now. I'm sure my mother-in-law will come over this afternoon and That'd be great. probably fold it. So. Yep. <laughs> and it's amazing how things get done if you step back and don't do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Now, you you mentioned you, you can't be good at everything. You can't juggle everything sometimes. What's something you failed at that, uh, that you've learned from, though? I would say this is going to run in the same theme, is that there are times, looking back, that... Um, through feedback from other people that I sometimes forget to take care of my inner circle because I know they're always going to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's times where I um, didn't spend as much time with my husband as I should have, that I didn't um, reach out to my parents as much as I should have. And we're all very close, don't get me wrong. But I think there's some, um, sometimes you feel like you've got so many other things that you want to do that are driving you, especially at work that you sometimes have to remember there are things at home that you need to get taken care of too. And um, so I think just those intimate connections in your inner circle. Um, I don't think I would have understood that 20 years ago. Yeah, I think it takes some time and like reflection looking back. Like, yeah. Oh, I did maybe take that for granted or those people for granted or didn't take care of that like mm-hmm. I should have or whatever. Yeah, I and I think you have to lose a grandma or go through, you know, for some people it's a divorce or for some people it's a child getting sick or whatever it is to kind of bring you back to center mm-hmm. for you to realize that, figure out what's really important mm-hmm. and that's where you need to spend your bucks. Right. Very good. What gets you excited about life? I love, um, we have a motorhome, and I love packing my family and my motorhome with our motorhome, um, and knowing that everything that is extremely important to me at that moment is right there. Um, we go to the lake a lot in Tennessee, and it's just beautiful, it's calm, the cell phones don't work, um, there's no electronics, and it's just very peaceful to me to know that we're all right there and we're all safe and having fun together. Very good. You do that a couple couple of times in yeah, the summer so, or more than that? Yeah. Or? Well, we're, we, um, yeah, so usually holiday weekends. Okay. And then a couple of weeks during the summer we'll take off and go. And um, I keep trying to convince Matt that eventually I want yet a motorhome uh-huh. uh, and pack up the kids and travel the country and just kind of, you know. Now, yeah. now well, I, I say that. She, I she say wants a motorhome right and now. all modern mobile homes. Oh, yeah, I want a um, like, um, 
Cause big, you, like, tour bus kind of we, yeah. we We've tried to go camping, things like that. Oh, that's... I don't want to sleep on the ground. Okay. <laughs> See? Well, we started out tent camping for yep. a lot of years, and then we... I don't even know what we did after that, and then did cabins, and then, you know, just kind of... We're on the cabins stuff. right now. The she cabins, she likes the cabins. I have a bed. I can, like... I, there's a bathroom that we can... Like, I don't have to... Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. It's yeah. just kind of all about decompressing and, and spending time with people without yeah. any distractions. Yeah. So... How would you describe your your purpose in life? Like, what uh, at the core of it? What what's it all about? So I think um, that's always a hard question for everybody. Um, but I think what I get the most excited about is feeling like that I provided something to the people around me. And most of the time, when I reflect on it, it's about some type of of education. It always goes back to if I can provide one piece of financial information to somebody that makes a difference later on. Even if they're not working with me personally, if it's just just those little tidbits, because I think sometimes every, I don't do marketing. Um, don't we know do. anything about it. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we're doing right. But, you know, there are professionals everywhere that know more about their industry than you do. And so if you can just pick up little pieces of those from all of those different areas. And mm. so I hope that I have this... Um, desire to teach on the financial side and so maybe just giving some advice to you know to help someone um, going forward so usually it comes back to education nothing any of us do is overly complicated if you can just explain it correctly Um, and so I really strive to just try to explain um, ideas and concepts how do you keep your positive attitude so I I, use, I think of myself as, as myself as an optimist, but we do a lot of feedback at work for from other advisors. Like we're we're very big about um, about getting feedback to make ourselves better, whether it's at work or at home. And one of the feedbacks I get is that they call me Rita the Realist, and <laughs> that just means that it's very difficult for me to be in a conversation that I don't agree with something, because for me to be present. It makes me feel like I'm not being honest if I don't give my opinion on something. But what I'm trying to struggle with and what I've been hearing um, is be still my child and that I don't always have to be the voice and that everything that is in my head doesn't have to come out of my mouth. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos in the morning, um, whether it's, I mean, it'll go all the way from, uh, I think it's Les Brown to Tony Robbins to um, Joel Olstein to just... It varies all the time. Mm. And when I get bored with one person, I move on to the next one. But I think it's really important every morning to just kind of get yourself going. Nobody wants to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody wants to go to work when it's 20 degrees below zero or whatever. So just kind of putting something positive in the morning. Um, I have started, like, um, saying what I'm thankful for to myself in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that gratitude thing. Yeah, just trying to do that. And then I think it's a daily struggle for everybody to try to stay positive. I mean, if we can make it to 80 and we haven't been addicted to something, or if we have, we've make, worked it through, it's, it's hard to keep your mind straight. I agree. <laughs> and I agree. We don't talk about it enough, but it's hard. you got to find those things to make it work. Um, what's one thing that uh, you haven't done that you really want to try before it's all over? This will never happen, but I always want <laughs> no, to no, wait I always, a minute. <laughs> I'll say what won't happen and then what will happen. So okay. I always wanted to go to medical school. And I don't know, I did, you know, I did nursing, which was great, but then I went to the financial side. So, I, frankly, I will never go back to medical school, but that's on the list. Like, if I hit the okay. lottery tomorrow and never have to work again, um, 
it would be something I might put on my bucket list. Okay. That's crazy. Okay. But um, other than that, I really want to travel to places that are non-tourist. Okay. Like, I want to go to, I'm going to totally make this up. I want to go to Timbuktu. I want to go to Chile. I want to go to whatever. But I don't want to stay in resorts. I want to, like, spend we- weeks um, you want to being experience. with the locals and seeing... Yeah. We, we went to Hawaii for spring break last year, and um, we stayed at a resort, but we went exploring every day, like, mm. in the backwoods, which mm-hmm. sounds crazy for Hawaii, but the really are... Oh, there are yeah. backwoods, yeah. Um, it was amazing, and those are the kind of things I hope we experience, and if I plan my retirement right, we'll be able to do it, so... Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, and just enjoy life on a daily basis. I mean, I did write down, like, the quote I'm trying to live by for 2019 is... Um, that my tongue, because again, I'm trying to be quiet, my tongue um, can cause pain to other people, but I don't see it because I speak from the heart. And so I think sometimes just being still and listening is maybe the goal for 2019 and learning from other people. I might need to take that advice as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know how it works, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. So that was the video I received this morning from Angie as uh, she was preparing to uh, get started for the day. What was that? That was Audia. Uh, that <laughs> kind of, I'm sorry if we blew out your eardrums with that, but that's kind of what I do with on a almost <laughs> daily basis. I don't know. The funny thing is, Audia is so nice and sweet to everyone in the world. But And on social media, she is just the cutest little oh, thing. Everybody you guys are loves all her. like, oh, she's so wonderful. She's so beautiful. She's so nice and sweet. And her teachers at school, or she's so nice and sweet. And then she is not nice and sweet to and, me. And then you get that. And you get that. <laughs> yeah. So this morning. Yes. What uh, was it, this all about? Okay. Well, this was after you had left to... Yeah, I took the 14-year-old to school to down school, to Hagerstown. And I was, I was, me and Zeus were getting ready. He had told Audia, be nice for mom. You know, she was nice yes. and sweet and good in the I, morning. I made it a point. I said, you be nice to your mom this morning. I only want to hear good reports. Boom, I'm out the door. And then 30 seconds later, she turned into a monster. So she wanted to wear her aerial dress costume. Yes. The mermaid costume. The mermaid dress costume. Today. Preschool. Fine. Whatever. Some people would be like, no, you can't wear that. Um, that I'm not going to fight that battle. If you want to wear a mermaid costume to school, that's fine. So I wanted to make sure she had pants on and a shirt on underneath of it. Because you know they're going to take it off at right, some they're point. They're going to take it off at some point. Like, you got to wear a shirt. This aerial costume is sleeveless. It is cold. You need to wear a shirt. Well, apparently I, that was just out of the question. And I was the meanest mom in the world because I made her wear a shirt. And then she's crying <laughs> crying on the stairs. She's crying in her room. Everything is terrible. But at some point, you, you got a shirt on her. At some point, I got a shirt on her. She's like, fine, but I'm going to take it off at school. I'm like, you talk to your teachers about that. And if they say you can take your shirt off at school, which they're not going to, fine. <laughs> So I got her out in the car finally after much screaming and wailing and after she decided she would take our cat, Cutie. She's obsessed with taking Cutie to the vet. Yes, that's, her, that's a new thing right now. It's, 
It's not only cutie. It's like every every oh, animal. Yeah, she yes. Jesse needs to go to the vet. No, Jesse does not need to go to the vet. And she got a new vet, like doctor, like vet center on wheels or whatever for, for her Barbie for Christmas. So now yeah. she's like all jazzed about that. So she's like, we need to take cutie to the vet. And so she's like trying to put cutie, the barn cat, like in my car. Don't put the cat in my car. Get in the car. Get yourself buckled. And she's like screaming and crying. And she got in the car. And then she took off her. Well, she took off her coat. To get buckled in. Yeah. And then she took off her shirt, too. I'm like, are you kidding me? We just thought about this, like, <laughs> three minutes ago. Come on. So uh, we get in the car. I'm like, get buckled. And she is screaming like you heard a minute ago. Yeah, oh, we'll play it again. Are you buckled? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, she got buckled because I told her if she did not get buckled, we were taking that costume off of her and she's not wearing it to school and she now, won't Angie, wear a shirt and she Angie is telling like this it. story it's fresh you can tell she's mad she's like pausing she's like ah, I just want to cuss <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway uh, she got in the car she got buckled and then she rode in silence for the next like five minutes and I was and then what happened there then she asked all nice and sweet mom can I have your phone <laughs> she likes to watch videos and play games on the way on, to school on the way to school because it's like a half an hour drive from our house to school. Uh, and I was like, you know what? No. But she's like, why not? I'm like, well, I was not exactly pleased with the way this morning went. And I would like you to sit back there and just think about think about what happened this morning. And I will sit up here and I will think about what happened this morning. And we are just going to chill out and not talk to each other for a few <laughs> minutes until I feel like I might want to give you my phone. And so we did. We sat in silence for... About 10 minutes. About 10 minutes or so. And I gave her back my phone. Uh, but then she turned back into a monster when we got in the driveway. Really? Yeah, to the... To the preschool? To the preschool. Because I told her she had to put her shirt back on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would cause <laughs> cause some fighting there. So she was fighting and yelling. And then I sent you the video. And then she got mad about that because she didn't want Daddy to see how bad she was being. Uh, and then... I just pushed her in the back seat and said, get in the back seat and don't talk to me for a minute. You used the mom voice finally. <laughs> and then the teachers came to pick her up from preschool and they were like, good morning, Anya. And I was like, we're having a rough day, so have fun. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. On Instagram, you can find us at GoneBoss2K. And on Facebook, just search out Good Girl Gone Boss and you'll find us there. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to join us next time to find out who has Gone, gone Boss. boss.